are now listening to the Knee Deep Podcast presented by Dark Horse Tackle. Jason, how are you? My guy. Buddy, how are you? How you doing? Man, happy Monday. Telling you what, it is a happy freaking Monday, dude. It's a it's you know, actually a happy a Memorial one. Day Monday. Ooh. Happy, happy Memorial, Memorial Day to everybody Monday. out there. Happy, happy Memorial Monday. I hope everybody's being safe, and if you were out on the water, I hope you were not drinking and boating because that is absolutely insane. And you know what? Just be safe out there. And, and Jason, I got to make a PSA. I, I made a reel about it. I made a TikTok about it. There is new gasoline coming into play um, in the United States of America because there's some sort of gas crisis going on, not a political podcast. Um, but they are starting to put in more ethanol into this gasoline. Uh, they call it E15. And this E15, um, if you are familiar with boat motors, two strokes and four stroke outboards, it the ethanol is bad for the motor in general. So if you're running an outboard motor, I highly suggest you get a fuel stabilizer, regardless of what gas you're putting into it. But this E15 is extra bad. So pay attention to what you're putting in your boat motor. I always run the expensive stuff. Um, I will not skimp. I'll I'll put I'll put you know whole petroleum in my truck and just run it until it explodes. But my boat my boat gets ninety three. So just if all you know, else fails, at least you still have a boat. Exactly. You don't need a vehicle, but you've got a boat. Exactly. Exactly. You know, it's like that one country song. You know, I can buy a boat. Is that the one I can buy a but, boat? See, I think with you though, Josh, I I think you have to have both because you don't live on the lake. So if your vehicle blows up, you can't use your boat anyways. I'll find a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. My name's Josh, not Will, but I'll figure it out, buddy. Um, get you a get you a dolly. It's dude. It's suns it out, guns there. out season though. Um, I'm yeah. wearing. A, I'm currently wearing a custom dark horse tackle cutoff. Um, if you would like a custom dark horse tackle cutoff, go to our store, uh, darkhorsetackle.com. Um, that is the main sponsor of the Needy Podcast. Go to darkhorsetackle.com. And uh, buy yourself a shirt, cut the sleeves off, and you got yourself a customized cutoff. Josh will actually cut the sleeves off for you if you if you would prefer. Josh, I do think it. I do think that there is like a on the website. I think there's like a you know customization option um, where you can just leave us a little note. You know, if you want to write us a poem, ask us a question, you know, leave us a little haiku or something. But if you want the sleeves cut off, definitely request it. We'll do it. Josh will do it. I'm I'll not good it. at it. I'm not good at it. Oh, I'm not good at it either, buddy. This, this, I mean, this shirt is in shambles, but I just, I really, you know, I'm, um, you know, I'm at this point in my life where like, I'm starting to wear clothing that makes me feel uncomfortable that I've always been uncomfortable wearing to become more comfortable in it. Um, I've always hated cutoffs and uh, now I just, you know, I want to get these body image issues out of the way. You know, I, I know, I know you guys see me and you're like, God, this guy is so handsome and he looks like he's sculpted by the gods. Well, sometimes you just have little inner issues, you know, you're like, Oh, you're just ugly. And you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to rock it until I feel hot and I'm going to be, I'm going to be the hottest fisherman out there. All right. I encourage, I encourage you to do so. Thank you so much. Thank I you encourage so much. You, I encourage you to feel more comfortable in your own skin. But can you say more hot? Yeah, I, I, I want you, to be more hot. I encourage you to be more hot. Thank you. Um, I, I mean, dude, you know me. I didn't wear shorts until like five years ago. Like, was it, I mean, was that a was that a comfortability issue? That was an issue for me. That was yeah. an issue for me for some reason. What's I don't know what the issue was, but then I bought some shorts and I'm like, man, these ain't too bad. Like, I, I uh, I can't wear polos. 
I can't. That's a that's a that's an image issue for me. Polos. Well, we're uh, gonna have to get you every some polos. polo. Every single polo I've ever worn, I've ripped the sleeves by flexing too hard. So oh oh, yeah, like I'm just worried that like you know the shirt's gonna be destroyed. Maybe so. they. Um, I mean, uh, dude. To be honest, like I I me personally, I love a little natural wear and tear on my clothing. So um. You know, like when I would like wear jeans and like rip them, I'm like, that's badass. I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna. I'm actually gonna wear these jeans more now. They actually just feel more comfortable. Yeah, yeah. You put a little wear and tear on it. Maybe. Uh, here's what you should do with them big old guns of yours. You know, see, I got me some 22s. You know, I got some 22 long rifle type arms, and and you're rocking some 50 cals. Um, there we go. Maybe pre-cut them. Buy yourself a polo and just pre-cut the inside a little bit. Just take some scissors and snip it right at the bicep. Just give it a little, just yeah. Give snip it, a it little, right there. Just to, just give it a yeah. little, a little. Um, I'm trying to think of a word, like a a little. Grab tss. some garden shears and just kind of snip it right there. Garden shears. That's a yeah. that's a weird thing to do instead of just grabbing some scissors. But hey, I mean, you garden know what, shears are more readily available. In it's this your household. body. Hey, speaking of gardens, if you guys live in Ohio. And you want to buy a raised garden bed? Our boy here, Jason, is making some badass raised garden beds out of uh, high-quality upcycled, upcycled pine. Oh, up! So you hear that, people? Upcycled. I, uh, I love the universe that we live in. I love the earth that we live on. And uh, if I can just recycle and upcycle some product to make you a really badass garden bed, I'll do that. You know what? Um, I've been doing that locally. Actually, I did it. Two years, this is the second year. The wife was like, hey, I would really like to plant some tomatoes. And I'm like, well, we can't really have a, uh, a garden here because we live in an in a apartment. So uh, this is what I'm going to do for you. I did it. They've been out there for two years. And do they are kicking as I strong as they could. I mean, they had like four foot of snow on them this winter for like several months at a time. Sturdy. The snow melted. They're still out there. Nothing. Doesn't even look like there was ever snow on them to begin with. And, and I mean... I'll tell you, these things are quality. I, I watched Jason put about an entire box of screws into every single one of them. He's overdoing it, uh, 100%. And, you know, that's just that American quality guarantee that people talk about. You know, this stuff's this stuff's being made in house. He's he's building it, and then he stands on it, shakes it around. Um, Dude, I use know. the most expensive screws you'll find at any hardware store too. Yeah, just you because do. They give me more confidence. I just. I like knowing my shit's not going to break at 100%, all. 100%. 100%. That's, um, that's, you know, that's how I feel about a lot of stuff with Dark Horse Tackle. And that just brings us to our first ad. Are you sick of going to the freaking big box store, dude? I go, I went to the big box store the other day, Jason, and I went, what is this wall of bright green and black that I see? And I asked the guy, I said, hey, where's the blah, blah, blah stick worms? And he's like, we don't have those no more because the squad took over this wall. And I'm like, well, that sucks. So I hopped onto the Dark Horse Tackle website and ordered me a box because I want to get myself, you know, I want to I want to take myself out of my comfort zone when it comes to fishing. And I really just think that the Dark Horse Tackle Weekend Warrior box is the box to do it. Um, the People's Champ box is also a great box to do it if you're into bigger baits and uh, very expensive, high quality, rare even rare even you know when you're playing your video game and you get that legendary loot that's what the people's champ box is that's that that's that 25 man raid where you get that one hat you've been looking at and uh 
you know, so I ordered me a box, got the box, and I'm just like, wow, this beats the hell out of a big box store. You don't really have to go to a big box store anymore because my thing is, like, if I get my hands on a bait, right, like, let's say this seller spinner bait that came in the box in May, if I get my hands on that seller spinner bait, I'm like, man, I love that spinner bait. And then I see the pricing card and I see that that spinner base, the same price as the other spinner baits in the big box store. I'm just going to hit up the dudes at seller and be like, Hey man, you got any of them wire tied handmade spinner baits? And they're going to be like, yeah, these are made by adults, not children overseas. And I'm like, dude, sign me up, send them. The you highest know? quality products, the highest quality components you'll find. Dude, it's Custom hand poured, hand painted, wire tied, small yep. batch custom yep. made from the best small businesses in America. Yep. Tackle.com. Bingo. Thank you for uh, for sponsoring this ad. Thank you, guys. Um, I, that Maybox, um, we'll do a little fishing talk here. I think that Maybox is a perfect post-spawn shad spawn style box. I mean, you got a spinnerbait, you got a swim jig, you got a very, very uh, manageable in size glide bait. You got some Ned rigs, and then you got some stick worms. So basically, you've got five presentations, five different presentations that you can use on any body of water. And, um, you know, I was throwing that swim jig around the other day and I broke it off, lost it. Don't know where it went. Um, it's a shame. It's a shame, but I think I'm going to have to talk to the guys at dark horse tackle because they're not paying us to do this podcast. We do this for free. And I think that I'm going to have to proposition them for some, some white swim jigs. Cause I, I like that color. Uh, what are you going to be throwing this post spawn, Jason? I don't know, but I really like that glide bait. That glide bait that came yeah. in that box. Um, very similar bait to that can be purchased from like a, a like a brick and mortar store for $45 just for that one bait. Um, while it is not an exact replica, it is a very, very similar, uh, very similar bait. Uh, but yeah. it was custom painted, not not painted by, you know, children and uh X-H-I-N-A, uh, can't, can't say that word, or else nope. you know what happens. Um, you did kind of bash those boys over there at Dark Horse Tackle, though, saying that they don't pay us. I mean, they did give you an Apache helicopter and a brand-new F-150, and, I mean, come on, man. What Raptor. What Raptor, by the way. Okay, okay so yeah. it's a premium. Like Oh, yeah. What are, you, what, are you, what are you doing, man? You know what I do with my Ford Raptor? I get on the highway on purpose, and I just tailgate people. I just tell you, I'm like, you know what, you know what I'm going to do? I got, my truck is bigger than your car. So I'm just going to drive uncomfortably close to your rear bumper. And if, if by chance I hit you, it is my fault, but at least I got to prove a point and say, look how big my F-150 Raptor is. Can we talk a little bit about a uh, jig fishing, Josh? Because I got some Absolutely. people, I got some people hating on me for a, for a reel that I recently had posted. Um, so in this reel, if you haven't seen it on Instagram, I basically at just network. At, at JW Network. Um, I basically just told people that, in my opinion, and that's you know that's you can't argue that because that's that's my opinion. <laughs> um, in my opinion, the most overrated bait in all of fishing is a swim jig. Now. We had a swim jig, uh, Dark Horse Tackle had a swim jig in the May box. There was a swim jig in, I think, the March or the April box uh, from two different companies. And customers love swim jigs. I get it. A lot of people do love swim jigs. But in my mind, you don't need to have a swim jig when you go out fishing. 
if you're fishing and you're like, man, uh, you know, I thought it was going to be a slow day, really thought that I was going to have to flip a jig and, you know, just hop it a couple of times or, you know, throw out a Ned rig or something like that. But it seems like these fish are hitting crankbaits and spinner baits and moving baits a lot more and you don't have a swim jig with you. You just open that, you know, take out a flipping jig, football jig, get, it doesn't matter what kind of jig it is, and just throw you a swimming trailer on there, and that will work just as well as a swim jig does, unless you fish, fish grass. If you are fishing grass, then yes, you should have well, a swim jig. So there are, I see what you're saying. I see what you're saying. And I'm not, I'm not going to sit here and disagree with you. We're not going to sit here and have a 45 minute conversation about which jig is best for what. Um, but here, here's what, here's what I took from that. Okay. So if I'm flipping a jig, right, I'm flipping wood, you know, and there's a little bit of rock, maybe some weeds, you know, maybe there's some weeds. Here's the thing about weeds. Um, I throw a Ned rig a lot when there's weeds around and a, a little swimmer. All you have to do is a quick whip of that rod tip, and those weeds will generally come off unless it's that really mossy, sloppy crap. Fish ain't living in that anyway, okay? They're not living in boogers and snot. They live in hydrilla. They live in forests. So think of, uh, let's let's get ourselves two separate ecosystems. You've got toxic sludge, and then right next to that toxic sludge, you have a lush forest. I would rather live in the lush forest. That's where fish are going to be. But- like you said, if I'm flipping wood and I'm predominantly focusing on wood and I've got a trailer that has a little bit of action to it, if I swim it back, guess what? That's a swim jig. Now, when I first started throwing, quote unquote, swim jigs, when I first started swimming a jig, I was about 18 years old. And my buddy, he was like, hey, I just got back from Florida and I was throwing this bait called a swim jig. And I was like, well, yeah, like a jig that you just put a moving trailer on. And he's like, no, it's like an actual swim jig. And I'm like, whatever. So I just put on a, um, at the time, it was a Berkeley Chigger Crawl. Because the they, that was one of the more action-y trailers you could get. I just put one of those on and just started swimming it back and caught fish. And I'm like, huh, what do you know? But I was throwing that on an head style jig like you were just talking about. And there was no difference. And the nice thing about that, Jason, is that Regardless of the jig you're throwing, like you said, whether it's a football head, a, a you know, a flipping jig or a, a grass jig, whatever you want to call it, man, whatever you want to call it, it any jig can be a swim jig. And I said that too. I never, I never faced any controversy for that. I posted a reel also, probably three months ago, of me throwing a Blue Rock Custom Tackle. Shout out to Jesse, um, Blue Rock Custom Tackle 1099 with a swim bait on the back. And was, you know, I said any jig's a swim jig if you want it to be. So I don't know why people are all up your butt. Now, there are, you know, there are certain instances. And like I said, if you're fishing really thick grass, then there are instances where a swim jig is going to outperform you swimming a football jig. You're going to waste less time. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes in certain instances, depending on how the fish are reacting that day, um, there are certain instances where the hook, uh, the particular hook on some swim jigs that have been in our boxes um, will work better than a hook on a standard football jig. But I wasn't talking about the hook. I was more so talking about the head design and more uh, just, I don't know. I've, I've caught plenty of fish swimming yeah. a football jig. Yeah. So. I've, I've, I mean, up until like 
a couple months ago, I've never actually owned a uh, real quote unquote swim jig or grass jig as they like to call it. Um, I think all that makes it a swim jig is just the head design. The Martin swim jig and the Giltek swim jig that have been in the Dark Horse tackle boxes can easily have a crawl trailer put on it and thrown as a swim jig or a flipping jig. Um, and here's the thing, Jason, this is something that I've told you ever since I've met you because it drives me nuts when people do this and it drove me nuts when you did this and you have opened your mind and great job out of you. Stop reading the book, dude. Stop reading the book. Fish react. They don't look down and go, hmm. Now, why, why would there be a black and blue jig <laughs> with a white trailer here? That doesn't look like anything. No, they feel it. They see it going fast. It looks like it's escaping. And they're like, hell to the no. Come here. Fish, you ain't going nowhere. Fish don't have hands. If they're going to touch something and feel something and explore something, they're going to use their mouth. Like yep. your girl. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. But um, <laughs> that's a, that was a zinger. I like that one. Anywho. But seriously, man, like fish don't look. Dude, I, I say it all the time. Stickworms catch fish, okay? A five-inch cylindrical bait the size of a pencil, the thickness of a pencil, the shape of a pencil, is one of the best fish-catching baits out there. So if that's something, you know, just relax on the book, okay? The book is full of ideas. It's full of possible presentations. It's not there for you to read it and go, well, the book doesn't suggest I do this. The book's just telling you, hey, man, if you see that fish are suspended, you can totally throw a drop shot. Here's some popular drop shot worms. But, hey, Josh. Yeah. Hey, Josh. You ready to do the Florida Man? Because I've been chomping at the bit ready to do Dude. this. Dude. We got this segment called the Speaking Florida Man. Florida. And if you're, not, if you're not familiar with the Florida Man segment, there is no knock on Florida people. We love Florida people. We love Florida. It's just uh, a crazy There place. are some big old booty bass down there in Florida. Nice. Might be also some big booties down in Florida. Hey! Um, <laughs> what's going uh, but, on on the beach? But, <laughs> so if you if you go to Google and you type in Florida Man, you type in any date, it'll come up with some crazy bizarre story yep. you're not going to hear anywhere else in the entire country for whatever reason these crazy things always tend to happen so in i florida. suggest you let it rip mr chomping at the bit this is it florida man accused of forcing a small alligator to drink beer <laughs> happy <laughs> memorial day this is from snopes.com uh, ap news published on october 10th of 2019 and this is what it says. Authorities say they've arrested a Florida man who provoked a small alligator into biting his arm and poured beer into the animal's mouth. Holy smokes. Yeah. That, that's uh, a different breed of human being right there. Hey, guys, I'm going to get bit by this little alligator that has... By the way, for those of you who don't know, if you're familiar with um, animals in their small stages, their teeth are sharper. So puppies, sharper teeth. Cats, sharper teeth. Alligators, razor sharp teeth when they're small so anyways now their jaws might not be as strong as like a large alligator but damn it dude i bet you their teeth are oh, sharper that it feels like a million razor blades in your arm <sighs> so this yeah. is what it says palm city florida author authorities say they've arrested a florida man who oh, already read that part cut that out so this is what it says news oh, outlet geez. 
reporter, 27-year-old Timothy Kapke. And hey, come on now. Anonymity, Jason. And 22-year-old Noah Osborne were charged last week and with off with unlawfully taking an alligator. I wonder where they took him from. Probably Fort, the bayou. Florida Fish and Wildlife Conserv- Conservation Commission officers began investigating in August following a complaint of Osborne catching the alligator in Palm City and handing to Kepke. Kepke appears in a video. Also, there's a video, too. Uh, to let the reptile bite his forearm. The video also shows Kepke feeding the alligator beer as it struggles. When okay. officers interviewed Kepke last month, he reportedly acknowledged that he was in the video and said the gator was alive when they released it. The men were released on bond. Jail records didn't list attorneys for them. Hmm. Well, I'll tell you what. <laughs> I a video. This is hilarious. I would realistically, um, I'm not the type of person to uh, feed animals beer because I think that's weird. Um, there was one time I was at a party and this guy fed a dog beer and he got beat up because you don't do that. That's just weird. You don't you don't feed animals beer. That's they're animals. They like water and. I don't know. Toby Keith might disagree with you. Does he feed his dogs beer? He feeds his horses beer. Beer for my horses. That's right. Well, a horse is a lot bigger than like a baby alligator or a dog. So I feel like one beer wouldn't tear a horse up. But I mean, I don't know. I still wouldn't. You know, I'm not I'm not going to walk up to my horse and be like, hey, buddy. Beer for my horses. Been a long day. Would you like a PBR? Huh? You want a little... Damn, I think Toby Keith just walked in the room here. Did you hear Uh-oh. that? I did hear that. So here's <laughs> my here's my Florida man of the week. Let's do it. Florida man accused of killing an iguana tried to use the stand your ground law and the judge denied his motion. So a gentleman named PJ was allegedly beating, dragging, and kicking a three-foot iguana, according to to a probable cause affidavit. I don't know what that means. I'm not a lawyer. The animal died as Palm Beach County Animal Care and Control was transporting was transporting it to the animal hospital. That's crazy. That's I wonder um hey Florida people chime in. Is our iguanas like Canadian geese down there? Like is it one of those things where like you're just not allowed to like mess with them cuz I don't know. I just I think that's weird, but he did get bit. Um, he did. He said he got bit, and he had to get 22 staples in his arm. But I have a feeling that um, stand your ground laws don't apply to animals. I just, I feel Dude. like I can't just shoot a deer in my yard. 22 staples in the arm, or do, is it staples? It or says stitch? staples. It says staples, dude. Dude, that that's must cool. have been one hell of a bite. I don't know. I feel like realistically um if i i just this is a really weird case here um you might have to call csi on it like okay so i just have a feeling for one iguanas don't patrol the area looking for people to bite so i feel like he was obviously provoking the iguana to bite him um and then when the iguana did bite him obviously the iguana got his money's worth because the iguana was probably like this guy's absolutely insane and is probably going to kill me but hey 
<laughs> I'm gonna bite the shit was, out of him. Was that all that that story said? Was that all? Yeah, of it's it's okay. mainly just like so um, what I assume happened was he yeah, probably he probably was outside fishing, and there was probably this three foot long iguana around a pond, and he's like, "Hey, that's pretty cool." So he probably picked it up from the tail, and thought that either he was going to post a picture of it to Instagram, start a YouTube video, or uh, take it home and keep it as a pet. And as soon as he picked that iguana up by the tail, the iguana disagreed and just bit the shit out of his arm. Fair enough. And then he kicked it like a football. Fair enough. He's just holding it by the tail, dangling it in the air, and he just kicked it like a football. He did say that the iguana left noticeable, irreversible damage to his arm. But again, buddy. Again, pick it up. You mess with the bull, you get the horns. It's that simple, man. I'm not gonna walk up to a deer and start messing with it because I think it beat my ass. What am I like? What's like us picking up a a wild snapping turtle? Yeah, no, not here. You ain't gonna see me doing that because guess what? I have no reason to pick up that turtle unless I'm eating it. There's no reason to. There's no reason to mess with it. You know, maybe get it back in the water. Like, hey, 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 nah. -uh. Now nah, you get back in that water, buddy. Those you... snapping turtles are scary, dude. Remember dude. when we were in the creek? When we were in the creek and we saw mm-hmm. that one snapping turtle is like three or four foot long. Like big round. old boy. Big old boy. <sighs> dude, I wanted to get out of that creek so bad. There's probably smallmouth underneath him, dude, using him as shade. <laughs> I was so done. Yeah, I and I bet you could have used a snack after that. Oh, I was ready for a snack. Speaking of snacks, Josh, I've got a fishing snack of the week. We got this is Biggs lightly salted pumpkin seeds. Lightly salted pumpkin seeds, huh? Oh, so I'm, yes. I'm gonna guess the ingredients are just salt and pumpkin seeds. Hoping the ingredients are pumpkin seeds and salt. Wow, they're home style roasted pumpkin seeds. No, 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 wait a minute. What's home style? What is that supposed to mean? That means that you roasted them at home in the okay. oven, okay. like probably wearing an apron, like Mamma used like, to make. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And they're, uh, let's see, 10 grams of protein per a third of a cup with only 190 calories. Not bad. And all of the great fats. So pretty good, man. Well, seeds and nuts have a great, a great amount of just, um, like health to them. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not throwing jabs at vegans here, but like, I'm, I'm going to guess you get most of your protein from, you know, tree nuts and seeds because that's. Well, I actually tried to be like quote unquote vegan before. And uh, yes, nuts, seeds, and uh, like some really nasty stuff. It's called like, let's see, beyond meat, (laughs) which was disgusting. That's terrible Um, for you. Oh, yes. So bad for for you. Well, you know, when I tried to do this, I was trying to lose weight, which was the primary reason. And I know that I've always had some kind of food allergy. I've never gotten it tested to figure out what exactly the allergy is. Um, So I was like, well, you know what? Let me just cut everything out all at once and uh, just be vegan for like three months. (laughs) And it was absolutely awful. So there were several times where i'm like damn i would just love a cheeseburger right now man i would just like a steak so i would just go get that beyond meat and then i did research on how that stuff was made in the laboratory and how they did it and i'm like you know what i'm just gonna eat meat for the rest of my life yeah and then i went on a binge of just eating meat every day for like six months like only meat i'm about it. it i'm about it 
Um, What's your my, fishing snack of the week? My fishing snack of the week is something that I recently saw at a store called Cheez-It Snaps. Now, it's definitely not as healthy as pumpkin seeds, but it's like the flavor I got was um, cheddar and uh, sour cream and onion. And buddy, they are just, they're, they're super crispy. Um, they're really cheesy. They're really good. And, you know, if you listen to our most recent podcast with the host, it's Tackle Talk podcast, Andrew Hayes, we talked about toasty chi uh, peanut butter crackers and they make those peanut butter crackers look terrible because they are good, man. They are addicting. They, I, I like that sour cream and onion. I love me an onion dip for chips. Uh, so that's, it was just kind of like killing two birds with one stone. And you had a little cheddar chip on the end of it. So it's a little better. Um, I don't know the nutritional facts because I don't have the bag on me. Um, so you said they're snaps? They're called snaps. So what, is it, what does it look like? It um, It's like a wafer. It's like a very thin baked wafer. Like, Interesting. Uh, think of it kind of like if a Cheez-It and a potato chip had a baby. Okay. Um, it's like an orange potato chip, but they're, are they orange? They are orange. They are orange. <laughs> so, you know, why is you, everything orange? You already know you've got that artificial coloring in there, possibly giving you cancer, things of that nature. Like we're living Love the it. dream. Dude, we are living the dream here in America. Like there are people just absolutely genetically modifying our food to smithereens and there's nothing we can do about it, baby. We're just eating these GMO strawberries and bananas Delicious. going, Hey, it's natural, right? No, it's grown in a freaking lab, dude. But Hey, you know what? As long as it tastes good, I really don't care. Well, let's just be honest. Oh, speaking of honest, uh, Coca-Cola just announced this week that they are getting rid of honest tea. That's probably because it's, not it's probably i don't know that's probably dishonest tea that was probably the only most like that's probably the only thing coca-cola even makes now that i would even consume is honest tea you know what i like to do with tea what's that you know what i like to do with tea what do you do with tea make it myself (laughs) yeah i I agree i like a little english breakfast tea there you go uh, what's what's it called she does a London fog, Cody does, and I can't remember what it is, but I know it's I know it's English. No, it's it's uh Earl Grey tea. Yeah. But then she does something with it. Probably I put know. some milk in it or something. Probably like steamed milk. Ooh, a little Delicious. steamed milk in that tea. Oh yeah. yeah um the Coca-Cola company, I mean, well, it's not political, so I'm just gonna say it. that company's evil. That company they, is absolutely evil. Um, dude, they're so evil. <laughs> like, <laughs> but hey, the that's things the that they've done over the past few years, like, mm, I'm not going to get into it, but if you are interested in learning what the Coca-Cola <laughs> company it. has done in the past few years, uh, you will find how evil they are. They're terrible. Well, I mean, not to mention the fact that like a single like serving of Coca-Cola has like 64 grams <sighs> of sugar in it. And if you realized how big 64 grams is in a 12 ounce serving that's like 50 to 60 percent sugar and 40 percent liquid so that's so gross that's dude. that's what you're putting in your body man if that's what and you, then you know the liquid that it is is mostly corn syrup yeah oh there you go but you read it you know you see corn right you're like oh corn is healthy well, that's no good. it isn't that's a vegetable 
Not when it doesn't come from an heirloom seed. And it's just, anyways. anyways. I'm drinking my vegetables today, Josh. Oh, buddy, that's a good point. That might be why so many people love drinking Coca-Cola. Because they're just drinking their serving of corn. Um, I don't, (laughs) just don't think that's how it's supposed to be done. Um, But you know what? In in terms of corn syrup and vegetable products being used in uh, drinks, I really do like me a nice tomato juice in a drink to give it some color big fan of that but then it gets ruined by the sugar so it's like it doesn't really matter right at least they took it from a tomato right like at least it's healthy i'm I'm gonna be a fat little piggy regardless of me you know there you go all right so i think we've got a i think we've got some questions to answer we do from some very very uh good listeners of the podcast guys we want more questions um we need more people to get involved with these questions. Yeah. We want, we want you to ask us anything. It doesn't have to be fishing related. It can be business related. It could be life related. It could be anything under this is sports related. We love sports. I love sports. I'm a giant college football guy, a big football guy myself. Josh is a giant hockey guy and a giant basketball guy. I heard he could touch. I heard you could touch rim. So. I can I can jump pretty high for only being five foot nine. That's sixty nine inches, ladies. Um, but um, anywho, let's uh, let's get with the questions. Could you explain the differences in situations and or technique between using monofilament and copolymer? Thank you. So, Dave, there it is. So that was Dave, uh, the Wolf of Walmart, and I'm going to tell you right now. When it comes into terms of fishing line, um, I do not throw monofilament at all. But monofilament is very stretchy, and it's not as water repellent as like a copolymer or a fluorocarbon. Like I understand it is, it's made out of nylon um, or different types of plastic, but it is still kind of like I wouldn't necessarily say like water soluble. Anyways, I'm not going to get into the science of it. Monofilament's very stretchy. And what I have learned throughout the technology of fishing getting bigger and better, um, I like to get a different type of rod. So I will throw copolymer or fluorocarbon. Like when I'm throwing, I, I mainly throw copolymer. So realistically, I throw copolymer on everything except for like flipping jigs um, and like flipping and pitching situations. Uh, and then I'll throw a, fl- a fluorocarbon leader on my spinning gear or possibly copolymer if I'm throwing like a light topwater. But copolymer is a great hybrid line because it is coated with fluorocarbon. But copolymer, Jason, has the lowest memory retention out of any of the fishing lines, obviously, except for braid. Braid's an entirely different animal. It's not It's not like a plastic product. Um, you got anything to throw in there? No, I, what you said, um, I don't really throw mono. I throw no. copolymer, braid, and fluorocarbon. Um, I think mono is great for topwater, and it's great for certain certain uh, situations with rods. Uh, I guess if you wanted to throw, like, a deep diving crankbait with a rod that had, like, a fast action. I throw fluorocarbon, buddy. Fluorocarbon sinks. It's going to get that crankbait deeper. Yeah. Yeah, that's like, true. That's the thing, like. A lot there, there used to be a, I think they might still make it. There was a company out there that made like a crank in mono and it was like supposed to, it was more dense than like regular monofilament. Um, but again, I just throw copolymer 
or fluorocarbon. And, and then I'll get me like a rod that has like a moderate action or like a glass rod, because that's, that's the point of that mono is to make sure that there, there's like some shock absorption. So you don't have to set the hook, like when you're throwing like a popper or a walking bait, but if your rod tip has enough give to it, it's going to set it up for you. So just worry about the rod. But if you're in a pinch for money and you only have 15 to 20 bucks, of course, go buy yourself some monofilament. Monofilament's great for top water. That'd probably be the only application I ever use for it, top water, because yeah. it floats. It is great for top water. Um, I, I do like it for top water, but I, I most of the time just throw braid for top water. Yeah. Uh, obviously, if you're fishing clear water, you don't want to use braid for top water, so I would go with mono. So I have some theories on that, but you're going to have to subscribe to the Dark Horse Tackle TikTok to hear about those theories. They're coming, but anywho, we got well, uh, Metal Jones here. So what is the most important, unchangeable natural element of fishing? For example, moon phase, weather, barometric pressure, um, season. What in your eyes matters the most when you decide to go fishing? That's a tough one, but I'll let you go first. It's really tough because I can't really see. It's all of those things working together um, in like perfect unison to make the best fishing day possible. Like you want the, you want the weather to be great. You want the barometric pressure to be low. You want the wind to be preferably blowing, I, I don't know, dude, this is like a whole book thing, but I really have found that my most successful days fishing have been when the barometric pressure's low, when the wind is blowing west, and when it's partly cloudy. Those have always been my most successful days fishing. So. But to, to like pick one of those things, I, I would be very inclined to tell you that the barometric pressure, in my opinion is the single most important thing. When the pressure's high, dude, I don't catch anything. And if I do, they're usually pretty small. Um, Barometric pressure being high typically happens when the sun is, you know, perfectly clear, there's no clouds. And then when there's no clouds, there's really no wind uh, when the pressure's really high. So I I have to say that barometric pressure needs to be low. So um, I think my most important unchangeable aspect of fishing is the time of day. And I know Metal Jones didn't mention that, but that is an unchangeable aspect of fishing because time is going to happen whether you'd like it or not. 6, 6.39 p.m. I am, no, and I'm going to go deeper, okay? So pre-spawn, right? You always, every time we would go fishing in pre-spawn, you'd be like, I'm going to be there at 9 o'clock. And I would tell you every single time, dude, just wait till noon. Okay, just wait till noon, because what I have found through trial and error is that when you're in that pre-spawn situation, especially in Ohio, let's say it's February or March, it's going to be like 40 degrees until noon where it gets up to that like 50 to 55 mark, whether it's cloudy or sunny. None of that matters a lot of times because it's just that time of day. You got to wait for that water to warm up and then the fish get a little active. And just like in the summer, like you said, Jason, now six o'clock in the evening and summer makes me a little queasy because that's generally like the hottest time of the day. Like that 3 p.m. to 6 p.m., depending on the time of year in the summer, that's like the hottest time of day. And it's just like, but then 
like you said, that nine o'clock when that temperature starts going down, that's when those fish are going to start moving around. They're going to start, you know, you know, Hey guys, the sun went down a little bit. So let's, let's start eating. I think um, time of day has a lot to do with feeding. And I think, I think time of day has more of an importance on when fish feed than anything else. Like I know, I know moon phases are, there is obvious like science to moon phases and stuff, but I think time of day is even more important than what the moon is doing because like, like what was stated in the question, you, you can't change the time of day, nor can you change the moon phase, but you know, both of them are changing every single day and there's nothing you can do about it. But what changes more, the moon phase or the time of day? The time of day is constantly changing just as much as the moon phase, but you only get a full moon once or twice a month. So focus on that time of day, find out when fish are feeding the most for you, and then just get after it. I can't disagree with that. I do notice that, you know, time of day, like Josh said, in pre-spawn, um, you do need it to be around noon because it's too cold in the morning. And then it's too it's too hot in the evening in the that, summer. So like that, I, I agree. That 2 to 4 p.m. bite in February is something that I live for. Like, yep. that's the hottest it's going to be all day. You've got a day that started out at like 34 degrees and it's partly cloudy, but the sun kind of came out a little bit. A lot of times what Jason and I noticed is that when the sun went away in like February, the bite would just stop. Um, Drastically too. Like mm -hmm. immediately. <laughs> um you know, February, March, somewhere around there when the high is 40 or 50. It's, dude, if that sun's not out and it's behind the clouds, like they are not Good biting. Luck. And it does not matter what you do. Good luck. All right. Who do we have here? Oh, Metal Jones again. Where do y'all go to be quiet? Where do I go to be quiet? I go fishing and then I talk to myself because I can physically not be quiet. Okay, great. Um, I actually thought about this question a little bit before. In the gym. Uh, where do I – no, I can't be quiet in the gym. Where I go to be – so here's the thing. Where I go to be quiet, I go to sleep. Nice. Like, that's, that's where I go to be quiet. Turn but where I go to be around quiet, I go into a creek in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yep. Just get out there and go fishing, man. Just ignore people. Because even a lot in the creek in the middle of nowhere, I'm talking to myself. So therefore, I'm not quiet. A lot of people say, I go fishing to escape my life. My brother in Christ, I go fishing to experience my life. Okay? Yep. That is what I like to do. When I go do things that I like, I am experiencing life the way that I want it to be. Because there are people out there that want to control the way you live. Hence, nine to fives. Um I go I mean, fishing anyhow. to escape the noise. Anywho, we've got a. Uh, I think two. <laughs> I think we've got three more from Dave. Okay. Oh, that one was just him saying it's Dave. By the way. Yeet it or keep. All right, gentlemen, let's do the topic. Yeet it or keep it. I got three items for you. One, alcohol while fishing. Yeet Pause it or keep it. Two. Yeet it. Gone. Alcohol while fishing, gone. drinking while fishing, done. Nope, not gonna not happen. Doing it. I need my mental composition, buddy. All right. Any gear ratio above an eight three to one on a bait caster, yeet it or keep it. Well, 
Um, I'm going to say yeet it because I don't own anything over an eight. Everything has a time and a place, but here is the thing. Actually, can can I get into my fishing fact of the day? And then we come back to the questions because it is sure. important. It is sure, It man. pertains to it. Any fish, any bass, largemouth bass, can swim two and a half times its body length, okay? Like per second or something. So what I'm saying by that is if you hook a bass that's over 15 inches, that fish can swim 45 inches per second. You are not outrunning that fish. So 8, 9, 10, 37 gear ratio, it does not matter. Any bait that you're throwing, it can outrun it. So just keep that in mind. I'm I'm yeeting it because the high gear ratio is irrelevant. Go ahead, Jason. So he said anything above eight? Anything above eight. Is there even anything above eight? I've never seen um, it. Daiwa Zillion 10s. It's 10 gear ratio. Uh, Abu Garcia Rockets are a nine. And I think Cast King makes one called a Speed Demon that's a nine. Damn, that's crazy. Um, I don't know what yeet even Get it means. out of here. Okay, well. Yeet. Yeah, it's gone. Um, my dude, the only the only fast gear ratio. Okay, so let's talk about gear ratio for a second. Like you said, yeah. you can't out you can't outrun that fish. But the only gear ratio that I like to have a little bit of a faster. I have a seven speed. Uh, the only one that I like to have a little bit of a faster uh, speed on it like that is either a jig for when I'm flipping or pitching. You know, I can just set it real quickly. Or if I'm throwing top water like a frog, uh, just because I can pick up my line quick enough to where I can set the hook. Those are the only two things that I really need a seven for. Other than that, dude, I love a five. Because a, a five, dude, a five is my sweet spot, I feel like. A six is great, but there's something about a five. Like if I need to crank it faster, I can. But when the days are where I have to crank it slower, it's hard for me to crank slower with a six to slow down a little bit if I have to than it is for me to crank faster with the five. So um, that'll come in time, man. Like I can't, my sweet spot, my sweet spot is a six or seven. It depends on the six or seven, but I, I generally aim for six to seven gear ratio just because of what, what you just said. So six to seven gear ratio is going to go anywhere from 28 inches to 32. And if you want to quote me on that, do your research. Good luck. I'm never wrong. So, um, Anywho, all jokes aside, I generally throw a six on like like I throw I throw sixes on crankbaits, I throw sixes on top water, I throw sixes on you know jigs, Texas rigs, sevens on the same thing. If I throw a seven, if I'm going to create my perfect combo, okay, we're creating our perfect combo now, Jason. I'm gonna take probably a seven foot three medium heavy, and just keep it that way. All right. A little bit of tip, not a broomstick, not a stiff one, a little softer one, you know, good tip on it. Seven gear ratio, 15 pound test copolymer. You can throw anything on that rod in real combination. And if you want to have a five gear ratio and just reel it faster, buddy, by all means, that's, that's, see, that's my thing. I catch myself with those seven gears. I'm like, dude, I'm reeling way too fast. But like we just said, you can't outrun the fish. It's just the fact that fish don't really want to react to it. They can. They're just not going to. Yeah. I don't know. I don't throw a seven for any moving bait. Um, I guess you could say a frog is a moving bait, but really the only reason I throw a seven is just to pick up line faster so I can drive that hook set. I just like a five, man. I feel like a five is a perfect reel for me. Five used to be high speed. 
back in like um god i've i've got a reel on it i've got a reel it's a it's an old dial procaster and it says high speed five to three to one gear ratio and it's like <laughs> dude this thing picks up like 20 inches of line every reel turn um right anyway last last yeet it or keep it three split cork handles yeet it or keep it well i'll be honest man i enjoy the aesthetic of rods in general um a lot of rods that i have purchased are generally because of aesthetics i bought the saint croix mojo rod 10 years ago because it was purple and i like that color um i personally have no opinion but i'm going to keep it because a lot of my rods are split handle i just don't i don't care like yeah i I, it doesn't i don't feel like it i don't feel like there's any benefit other than aesthetically like i a lot of people say you can feel the bite better um it does help with weight reduction though so there was a time um now this is one of the stupidest things i've ever done because i was like 15 and that meant that my parents were buying all of my gear for me my buddy and I, um, that we fished, we fished tournaments together. We saw some pro doing it. This is back before like the split cork deal happened. We took our rods and we shaved all that cork off and had a bare, like just a bare fiberglass blank. And it screwed the rod up. You guys got to account for things like balance. Um, there's cork on that rod to balance it out. There's a reason why rod handles are so long on certain lengths of rods. It's all about balance. And we didn't know that. And like we shaved all that cork off and we were just like, why did we do that? That was stupid. Yeah. I don't know. I'll keep it just because I like aesthetics, but the only my, I don't know, man, my two favorite rods that I own are Cashins and neither one of them have a cork handle, but they're Um, split. They're still split. they are split, but I don't think that that's why I like them. <laughs> no, um, I, I it's a know. good rod. I'll keep it. It's a good blank. We got it's one also more. Also made question. in America by a yes, small business. So yes, it is. One I more. Cash and rods. So I had another question. Wolf of Walmart here. Has any company ever made a reel that you could shift gears in, such as go from a six four to a seven three? by the turn of a dial so to answer that question i don't know um but i don't see how it would be possible because your main gear in your reel if you take your reels apart jason knows all about taking his reels apart doesn't know about doesn't know about putting them back together i don't know a damn thing about putting them back together i I take it apart that big gear that's attached that big gear you see that's your six seven eight that's 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 the big boy or i'm sorry that's the one that's the one. I don't know. I don't know what it is. Those gears cannot be interchangeable. It just doesn't. You can take a reel apart and put another gear in it to make it a six from an eight. If if you are a little bit of an engineer, but I don't I don't see it being possible. Somebody will figure it out. I, I got one more. Actually. I don't think it's been figured out yet, but I think somebody will figure it out. I don't. I think somebody. they probably. Sounds like something they would have tried to do like in the 60s. Somebody like Shimano will figure it out. Maybe, maybe. Hopefully it whines every time you cast it too. That'll be awesome. One more question, Jason. Wolf of Walmart here. What's the number one monthly box subscription where you get handmade and painted USA baits? Wow. 
I sure am glad you asked me that question, Wolf of Walmart. It is the Dark Horse Tackle Weekend Warrior Box. Well, I don't know. The number one, uh, the People's Champ Box. You think that's the number one? That's the number one, boss. That is the that is the creme de la creme. That's the say. needle mover. That that's is the needle mover, buddy. That is the all custom big baits, small baits, hand carved baits, foiled baits, crank baits, swim baits, glide baits, top any bait, hard bait that you tell want, you what you're gonna find in that box. I'll tell and you it's what. It's always man. got a value of over one hundred dollars for just seventy five dollars a month. If like. I just, I don't know what the apprehension is. I understand pricing could be an issue, but if somebody was like, Hey dude, I've got three hand painted glide baits and two hand carved, hand painted balsa crank baits in a box. And I'll just, you can just have them for $75. Like I'm going to be like, Oh, okay. Yeah. Like if I have 75, if I have 75 bucks on me, I'm just gonna be like, Okay, duh. Like, yeah, over one hundred dollars worth of baits. Usually, I believe it's it's averaging like a hundred and eight to a hundred and ten dollars worth of baits every month in that box. So yeah, it's that it's, is uh, as some would say a banger, a banger, one hundred percent. But I I personally believe that everything that the uh, the uh, sponsors of this podcast, Dark Horse Tackle, does, uh, I feel like everything they do is great so i think everything they do is um contrary to popular belief it is with the intention to benefit people and not themselves there you go so how about that that's all i I got man i think that's all you can ask for of a company as you know a company that gives a crap about their customers uh deeply and just in the industry just finds ways every month to make the customers as happy as they possibly can. Like, Think about the industry how could too. you hate that? But Seriously. Anyway, that's all I've got for you guys on this uh, Memorial Monday. Memorial Monday, folks. Um, we love you guys. Uh, yeah. Please, if you have questions for the show, for Josh or I, please DM them to us um, yeah. at the Need Deep Podcast on Instagram. Preferably, that's where they would go. You could also send them to Dark Horse Tackle on Instagram, (laughs) and they'll just send them to us. It don't matter. Just just just, send us questions, please. I want more of you to get involved. Thank you, Wolf of Walmart and Metal Jones, for consistently asking us questions. For showing showing up, up, guys. We love you for that. Everybody, have a great work week. We love you all, and we'll see you soon. Big Guest Friday, so we'll see you guys. Thank you.